Hey guys, <laughs> it's me. <laughs> oh my gosh, the category is we're tired, exhausted. <laughs> category is tired, exhaustion, realness. Yes, again, <laughs> shout out to Post. <laughs> Please watch if you haven't. It's Please. on Netflix now. You should watch it because it's really good. Um, yes, but welcome to Serving It Up Podcast. Serving It Up Podcast. That's us. It's a podcast about tennis because we serve it up and. It's a podcast. That we serve up. About tennis. That we serve up. Every two weeks. Because we serve it up. Yeah, well, we talk. And we serve it up. And we serve. It up. It up. (laughs) (laughs) Great. Um... Yeah, so how's, how's it been since the last time we talked to each other? Um, I have been good. I have been tired. I have been tired of child, childlike adults. Um... That's an oxymoron for you. Isn't it, though? Yeah. Um, you know, just adulting, working, looking forward to some relaxation this weekend. Um, but yeah, I've been just really busy and really tired and really stressful and really just just looking to relax. So that's pretty much the most of my life. How about you? Well, it's much of the same, honestly. Just, you know, trying to hang in there. I'm trying to be more financially responsible, do some real, like adult-like stuff financially, which is weird because it's, like, a thing that, like, we weren't really taught, or at least I wasn't, how to, like, handle money the right way. So it's, like, a learning curve. I'm, like, mm-hmm. starting to fig- learn stuff and reading all these articles. I'm, like, well, you know, if somebody would have told me this when I was, you know, 15, 16, 17. I wouldn't have to be here. I wouldn't be having to go through this right now. But, you know, you live, you learn. And, and then you order Chinese. And then you order Chinese or pizza. Or pizza. Or Mexican. Or Popeyes. Or churches. Churches. Zaxby's? Or. Not Chick fil A. Cheesecake Factory. There we go. That's one. There we go. Mm-hmm. We're such fabulous. Yeah, we do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's just really trying to figure that stuff out and um, trying to also, like, relax and relax within work and being an adult. Trying to find the balance between all of those things is an interesting uh, process, but it's going well. And I'm excited about the French Open, which is what we're going to talk about for this episode. Um, hope you guys are excited about it too. Second Grand Slam of the year. Can't believe it's already here. It's a sign that the year is moving very quickly. Very, very quickly. We're just at Australia. Yeah, just at Australia, and it's already now the end of May. We were just at the Miami. We were. Which was in March. So, you know, we were live on the scene. Live on the scene. Come on, serve. <laughs> um, Come on, back at right, and now here we are at the end of the May uh, at the French Open. So, uh, yeah, so we'll talk about that. The draws out starts on Sunday, which yes. by the time you guys hear this, will be only will be like a little over twenty four hours away. Yes, um, and so yeah, we'll we'll get into what we think about the draw, what we think about um, who's gonna win, our top picks. Uh, we also are going to have a special guest that's going to join us. So stick around for that and find out who it is. Yes, we and don't know who it is. Yeah. I heard it possibly might be a celebrity. Yeah, celebrity. 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 Who loves orange soda? What? Oh. That's not what I was doing. Oh, that's not what you were doing? I was doing NSYNC. Why were we doing NSYNC? Because it's a good song. But we're so... It's also the name of their album. Team Backstreet Boys. Okay, great. We're not going to have this discussion again. (laughs) Uh, All right, so we'll be back and we'll get into our French Open picks. But first, enjoy this commercial from Zaxby's. Why not get chicken from Zaxby's? It's the best chicken you'll ever have. Seasoned Zaxby's style. (laughs) And we are back. Um, thank you guys for sticking it through with us. I hope you guys enjoyed that commercial from Popeyes. Oh my gosh. Um, that Louisiana chicken is amazing. So we are now going to enter my segment. Stop looking at me like that. Um, my segment called Hashtag Tennis Talk. We're about to get into it and do our preview of the second Grand Slam of this season, Roland Garros. 
can't believe we're already here. I know, right? I feel like we just saw Serena f- come to that demise after that being a 5-1 in the quarterfinals. But today we have a special guest that is going to be taking part in this segment. Um, many of you know him as one of the tennis admin um, for our Tennis Freak group. Many of you know him as a Venus and Serena fan. Um, some of you know him as an African-American male. Um, <laughs> just depends on what city or what walks of life you know him in. But, you know, most call him Eric. Um, so, hey, Eric. Hello. Hi, Eric. Welcome to our show. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Yes, you're like one of our uh, two faithful listeners, so thank you for... (laughs) (laughs) So now you won't have to listen this week because you're a part of it. (laughs) Look, everybody starts small. Yes. Okay? Um, So thank you so much for being here. Eric is going to talk with us as we preview the French Open. Um, So we're going to start with the men's side. So, guys, here's what I'm going to do this week. I am going to make this quick, short, and to the point because it's a 128-player draw. And we can talk about everybody. But I'm going to say, who are your top three? And who do you think is going to be a bust at this year's um, French Open? So, we are going to start with Michael. No, don't start with me. Fine. (laughs) Not prepared. So, so let's start with the African-American male. Wait, you said who's your top three and who what? Who's going to be a bust? Like, who do you see that's going to flail out This might be considered a favorite? Oh. I'll share my thoughts. I feel like you know who you think, so I feel like you should go, and then we just talk about it. I mean, I, I definitely think that Osaka is not going to do ATP very well. Oh. Oh, yeah, that's right. We're not going to Y'all not going to tell me how to run my segment. Okay. <laughs> um, I don't know. See? Yeah, you know. <laughs> That's what I'm so you tell us who you think and we'll just talk about it. Okay, so my top three. I think definitely Rafael Nadal. Like people were doubting him because of what happened in Barcelona and what happened in um Monte Carlo and what happened in Madrid. But like Nadal said, what happened in Barcelona happened in Barcelona? What happened in Monte Carlo happened in Monte Carlo? And what happened in Madrid happened in Madrid. This is wrong. Um, this we are here. Um, what happened happened where it happened. What happened happened where it happened, and that's where it's gonna stay. <laughs> and he ended up winning Rome. And Rome, as we all know, to me, Rome has always been a big indicator of who's gonna win the French because the clay is very similar, the weather is very similar, the climate is very similar, the balls are similar to the French Open. So I think that Dallas is a favorite to possibly lift that twelve French Open title, which is crazy. Um. And another topic we're going to talk about is like his legendary status of being greatest of all time. Because when you think about it, he has 17 grand slams, but 11 has come at one. So, you know, it makes me kind of wary. Um, well, what, do you, what do you think, Eric, about him being the greatest of all time? Oh, I don't I didn't even know he was in contention for that title. I, I, I wouldn't put him there. I mean, he's the greatest clay court player of all time, but Thank not the you. greatest player of all time. Come on. Come on with the shade and the facts. Um, I I love shady facts. Um, The category is... um, So, my next favorite is obviously Djokovic. Djokovic has won the last three Grand Slams. Um, If he wins Roland Garros, he'll once again hold all four, which will make him have the Joker Slam. Um, Who made that up? Because he he did it three years ago. And they call it the Joker Slam. Okay. Um, He... He had a very clear, a good clay court season. I think he's clearly one of the favorites. I would even put him a little ahead of Nadal. Um, really? I think so. And the reason I would put him ahead of Nadal, I know people feel like Nadal is a clear favorite for the French, but I feel like Djokovic is not intimidated by Nadal. Um, Djokovic can last and will wear Nadal down over five sets if need be. I feel like Nadal's body is falling apart more than he's letting on. The clay helps it. But I don't know if he can... Sometimes I wonder if he will last five sets with Djokovic, whose body is 100% fine. So Djokovic is my pick for the French Open. Um, even though I am not a fan of Djokovic, I think he's arrogant. He's not my favorite player. But if I had to pick one person, I think he is going to be... I, he is my favorite for the French Open. So what, what do you think? What do you disagree? 
Um, I think that, I mean, he could. I just, I think Nadal just really owns this place. But honestly, that's not even my favorite for the tournament. I think Dominic Payne is going to win. So that was my third. So that was my top three. Because I was talking to Michael about it a couple weeks ago. Because he's had a solid clay court season. He made it to the French Open Finals last year. And I actually like team. Um, I just don't know if... I don't know if he's ready to win the French because Nadal and Djokovic are back in a good place. I don't know. I don't know if I'm ready to let one of the slams on the men's side go to somebody outside of the big three. Um, so that's why well, we I know Roger's not gonna win it. Huh? I said we know Roger's not gonna win it. You don't think so? Absolutely not. Why? Made this dramatic comeback to the clay, and he's just gonna flop there. You happy who's gonna flop right now? It's gonna be Roger. <laughs> so I'm glad we understand. We I'm no, glad we no, on the same no, page, no, Eric, because no, no. my top three is Djokovic and Dylan team, and my bust is Federer. I won't stand for this. Like <laughs> that's, I will not stand. I for think this. Federer's made this dramatic comeback. Like I'm here for the clay. Oh my gosh! But I don't. He's still Federer, and I think what people tend to forget is Federer is or was for years a second best player on clay. If it wasn't for Nadal, he would have won many Monte Carlos, many Roms, many Madrids, and many French Opens. At one point, he was in the finals four consecutive years. So he's a legit clay court player, but I don't know. I, I think he's my bust too. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that he is as intimidating at all like as he used to be because I mean he still makes deep runs in tournaments but he's just not winning as much as he does and these young guys just have so much more confidence when they play him and then playing him on clay which they know he hasn't been playing on for some time I think that that will give him the extra little boost that they need to to beat him well I mean I, th- I mean obviously I don't think he is as uh, big as a threat as he used to like I don't think people are afraid of him but I do think I think I said this on the last one that he came back to play on the clay for a reason and I think that's because he thinks he can win the French Open again because I feel like he thinks there's like this is like a weak moment in the in the men's tour and I think he's trying to take advantage of that because it doesn't make any sense to me that he wouldn't that he's been skipping basically the clay court season what for the past what, how many years now? Two years. Two years, and now all of a sudden he wants to come back. I think he's doing that because he thinks that he can win. So I'm not going to say he's a bust. He's my favorite, so I'm never going to say that. <laughs> he's your favorite to win this title? Well, not, I mean, he's just my favorite player overall. Yeah, he's loyal. Oh. To, he so. is loyal to Federer, so. Um, okay. So I, I can't do think... say that, anything bad against him. I do think Federer still has that intimidating factor because he's Federer. I just don't think he has it on clay like he used to. Right. Like on hard court or on grass, people still fear him. He's still one of the. He's still Federer, right. but like on clay, like I think people fear Nadal more. They fear Djokovic more. They even fear Team more because he has been. He has been so unknown on clay, and he didn't make any like huge noise during the clay court season, so. He's my bust just because him being Federer, we expect a semifinal or better, and I don't see that happening. So then, if so, what's a bust? Like you think he gonna lose in the first round, or are you saying like if he loses before the second week, you consider that a bust? If he loses before the second week, Eric? like a bust for me is losing in the first week. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Well, I guess we'll see, won't we? We will see. <laughs> we got it recorded, so yeah. we'll see. So who is your bust then? Who me? Yes. <laughs> I was, hard question. I'm trying to think of... Because typically it's who's in the top 10 right. that should make a deep run that you think is not going to. But do you know who's in the top 10? Well, are people expecting... I don't really. But do people expect a lot of... Tis, what's his name? Tis, team? No, not team. I mean, I think Sitsipas? he'll do it. Yeah. Um, I think Sitsipas is not... He, he's only 20 and he's already making noise. I don't think people are expecting him to win the French. But, you know, you never know. I mean, I think that one of these, like, younger guys that people are hyping up is going to lose early. I don't know, like, I don't know which one, but I feel like one of them isn't going to make it as deep as people think. I really do think it's going to come down to Djokovic, Federer, and Nadal. Yes. Mine is Federer. One of them will be the person to win. I think it's going to come down to Djokovic, Federer, Djokovic, Nadal, and team. Okay. Well. Sausage is going to lose early. Yeah. 
Probably. My secret. Vera, Vera, we call him Sausage. Oh. But then he yeah, just yeah. won the tournament. He's in the final of oh, a tournament final. this week. It could be his first one for the year, right? Yeah. Right. No, he he was in the final of Acapulco. Well, where if he wins, it'll be his first win of the year, though. Yes. Yeah. So we have our top three. We have our bus. So who's our dark horse? I know who's my dark horse, and for multiple reasons. Oh, I'm gonna go. Okay. Warinka. Um. <laughs> <laughs> no, my dark horse would typically be Warinka or. Um, Del Potro because they're my two favorite players. Ugar Asseline, that's who you're gonna say, huh? You're gonna say Ugar Asseline. Well, you know, let me speak. Who Felix? So my dark horse <laughs> typically would be Warenka or Del Potro because they're my two favorite players. I love them. I love their game, and they're like I fan out for them. I love those two, and Burdish, but Burdish pulled out, um, and Sanga, but Sanga been struggling. <laughs> <laughs> No, and who else? No, those, I, I just lo- I really love those four players. Um, but my dark horse this year because I, for multiple reasons because I think he is like he is a great in the making is Felix. Like I knew you were gonna say that. Yeah. <laughs> I think Felix stand. I think like I am a Felix stand. Like had typically us running all over yes. all over Miami trying to find that. Boy. Yes, like <laughs> I typically don't stand for the young players. I let them develop. Like I'm not as invested in the ATP as I am with the WTA. But, like, Felix shows me something. Like, I didn't get any kind of judge from Pavlov when he made that noise at, at that tournament. Um, I did say Tsitsipas is going to be a great player, and he's living up to the hype that I picked. Um, but there's something about Felix. Like, I just see something in him. Um, so he's my dark horse because, you know, I think he's a legit player and because he's from Wakanda. Of course. I mean, obviously. <laughs> there's no really... Questioning that part of it. So that's my dark horse. Who's y'all's? Well, I was gonna say Felix as well, but since you said him, I'm gonna go with Francis. He's finally seated. I think the first time in a Grand Slam. Ooh, Eric, really? I got her face. Now, Eric, come I'm, on. Ooh, I don't know, Eric. <laughs> I don't know about all that. <laughs> you stole mine. So I'm going my backup. Piapa. I mean, well, you that's... could just pick Felix if you want it. I mean, because that's like a dark hippo. Yeah, <laughs> for real. <laughs> 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 no, I mean, I guess. What I would be okay with that. What's wrong with Piapa? I, well, I'll speak on my, why I think is a dark hippo. I mean, nothing's wrong with him. I like him. I think he's talented. And, like, I think he will do well eventually. I just don't know if he's ready yet. I don't know if he's ready for on clay. Right. Like, he had a very good run at the at Australia, making it to his fourth round. And I think he has talent. But I don't... I, I feel like TFO is going to give me Madison Keys. Like, a lot of talent, <laughs> but struggle busting to live up to the talent. Because Keys... I feel like Keys should have definitely done more by now. TFO still in his early 20s, where Keys is in her mid-20s. But I feel like he's going to give me Madison Keys where he struggle buses and doesn't live up to his talent for a few more years. I don't think so. I think he's coming into his own. I think especially on the big stages, he rises to another level, which is something I admire. He's very passionate. I love people who are like super passionate when they play. Well, you know, he is, he is a very, he's a super passionate, more tennis focused version of Kyrgios. He kind of does have a good clay like, I mean... Does he? I mean, he don't really have no weapon. No. Fins. No. Okay. He just... he's To me, he's... To me, he's just a consistent player who's right. fast and has talent. And he's... St- I still think he's... I still feel like he's trying to figure out his game. I don't see him doing much here at the fringe. I don't think he's figured out Wimbledon. I don't think he's going to make noise again until the U.S. Open. That's just my... Th- I like Tiafoe, and I want Tiafoe to be great. I am all about Wakanda. But I just don't think he's ready yet. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to be out well, within the first three rounds. If you rounds. look at the history of U.S. men at the French Open, it's not... uh doesn't look too great for him. No. So, <laughs> hope maybe he'll break that. And then what did he do during the Claycourt season? I can't even remember I any of his know. results. Yeah, I don't remember. Eric. He did good. He did good in Madrid, but he ended up losing to Nadal, which is kind of understandable. What, did he, but, what is um, good, though? I mean, he won a couple rounds. Oh, okay. He beat, he beat Bas- Basile Shizzy. 
Okay. Let him. <laughs> you so rude. Well, you know, I mean, I guess that's good compared to. I mean, he was. He's ranked in the top fifteen, I think. So it was a good win for Felix. I mean, Francis. I mean, I he definitely did better this year in the clay. He got a few more matches. I just don't think he's ready for well, the I French mean, Open. If, if your pick can be Felix, who ain't done nothing. <laughs> Then I think he can pick TFO if he wants. And y'all can just beef even. Fair point. <laughs> right. Fair point. Touche. Yeah. Uh, I think I have to go with, I'm going to say Rawrinka. I just think he has the ability to shake stuff up. Like, I don't know if he'll win, but I think he can cause some commotion and, like, kind of disrupt the draw a little bit. Okay. Yeah. I feel like... Can you really follow a Grand Slam champion in Dark Horse? Yes, you can. Why not? Because typically okay, somebody well, rank outside of the top no, but fifteen or twenty. Oh, ooh, ooh, gonna win. Ooh, ooh, sorry, isn't ooh. that considered? We you, we apologize. We, we apologize. Uh, when we get to the women, I'm pretty sure you can consider Venus to be a dark horse, and she's won multiple Grand Slams. I don't think she's anybody's dark horse. Well, so that's besides. The, you're proving my point. Then you're proving my point. <laughs> Y'all are not shade the queen. You're proving my point. <laughs> Just say. I mean, well, you know what? Because Warwinka is a grand time, but he is ranked really low. Right. He's not he in the top been, 20. He's like on the comeback. He hasn't really done anything. There's no reason that he should do well, but I think he might. That's fair. Show up. Yeah. I like Warwinka, and I, I want I want him or and Deportia to do well. So we'll see. Yeah. So we'll see if any. We could, we could all be wrong in two weeks. Yeah. We could be all wrong so, on Sunday. Who knows? <laughs> we could be talking about this and. um. Who, who some random no John Isner win the French Open? Who knows? Sean? He's not even playing. Oh, is he? <laughs> I'm pretty sure he pulled out because he's like still recovering from some injury or something. Well, you know, it was some miracles. Heck, I can win the French Open. Yeah. Just you know, let me let me let me make sure I'm in the draw. Um, so do you guys have anything else you want to add for the men's draw? Any interesting first rounds? I didn't really see any. The draw, the men's draw is kind of boring actually. Um, it's very typical. Um, well, I will say that I'm going to be <laughs> excited to watch Kyrgios because I think the crowd is going to boo him when he comes out. Oh, uh, well, he basically said you... the French Open was trash. Well, you're going to have to wait till next year, boo-boo. Oh, he's not playing? He pulled out. Oh, he did? He's, oh, this he's... article is not up to date. Check your facts. Check your email. Why did he pull out? Um, he's citing illness. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Um, he's just sick of the French Open. Yeah. <laughs> He's disrespectful. Very disrespectful. So that's the whole. We should have a segment of that because Micah loves him. Um, I don't love him. Well, he loves. He thinks he's good for the game, but no, he he trashed the French Open and then pulled out the next day. What do you What do you think of him, Eric? Uh, he's just a really polarizing person. Yeah. And um, you know, I, I I like players that like step outside the box and bring a little excitement to tennis. But I mean, his last little fiasco, I was like, okay, buddy. Yeah. You are a little bit too far now. But I was telling, because it's like, he does the most, but you can tell that younger people love him. Like, I think he's really good for the sport, because when he was, like, doing that whole thing with the chair and, like, he threw it, I was looking at the audience behind him, and they were so into it. Like, there was a bunch of kids, and they were eating it up. And I think that, like, he's a good... I mean, is he going to win a bunch of stuff? I mean, I think he could sneak out a Grand Slam if he, like, actually tried, but... And that's the thing. that's my issue with him is that he doesn't try right. every match that he plays. Yeah. He's super super talented, but like some days he goes out there and it's like, why why did you show up today? Because you clearly don't want to be here. Yeah, we were Michael and I were talking about it the other week, and I I do think Curious is good for the game and where the game needs to go. Tennis has been a very traditional, very set in its ways, very everybody wears white, very professional. Like, I feel like as time is moving on, we need to find a way to bring younger people in. Like, it's becoming a very old sport. Um, and I feel like a lot of people of color, no shade to the British, um, are bringing younger people in. But I feel like we need players like Curios to bring in a new age of athletes who typically we lose those athletes to basketball or football or track because tennis is not seen as a cool sport i think curious is making tennis quote unquote a cool sport um 
And I think he's going to leave a legacy and change the game. We were talking about how, like, we, I compared him to, like, two players. One on the women's side, Kornikova. Kornikova did not do anything major as far as winning anything big in singles. Yes, she won doubles Grand Slams. But we still talk about her 25, 30 years later because of the impact she had on the women's game. There's a lot of Russian players that play tennis because of Anna Kornikova. And then I also equate him on the men's side to Marat Safin. Safin was a huge talent. Safin was legit low-key one of my favorite players. Safin should have won multiple, multiple, way more Grand Slams and been number one way longer. But Safin would show up to tournaments with a bunch of blonde bimbos in his box. He would show up to matches drunk. He would show up to matches late. He would slam rackets, throw chairs. He would just like she would show up to matches and he wouldn't care. We remember at the French Open and he pulled his pants on and showed his underwear to the audience. He just was not what was quote unquote tennis etiquette, but was a huge talent. I think Curious is our new Marat Safin. What do you think? I don't think he's going to win a slam, so I can't really acquaint him. I actually really, really also liked Marat, and I do not really care much for Nick, so I can't really compare the two. But do you see what I'm saying about like the attitude? Like Marat Safin did not take tennis as seriously as his talent showed. Like if yeah. he was dedicated to tennis like Federer, Safin would have been a beast, and Safin legit would have been contending for slam after slam after slam after slam. But he would come to slams and he would be out of shape. I, I remember watching matches where he clearly was hungover from the night before. Tennis was just not a priority for him. And because of that, he didn't win as much. Where I think Curios, I think Curios could sneak out of slam. I think he, I think he, because you know, for, this is not, no shade. Like he's in therapy. He's getting some help. I think he can maybe get focused for a good two weeks. And sneak out of Sam, possibly. But Curious will never live up to his talent because he just doesn't care about the sport enough. Yeah, yeah I agree. Yeah. I mean, it could change. We'll see what happens. And maybe he'll mature and then he will care more. Or yeah. maybe he won't. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think he will, but I think he's going to bring a lot of younger... I love that he comes on the court in basketball jerseys and basketball shoes. And then he switches into his tennis attire. Those are things that we need to make the sport a little bit more exciting. So his character is good for the sport because now they're talking about tennis on different outlets, sport outlets that they typically don't talk about tennis. Because Federer is very proper. Djokovic is very proper. Nadal is very proper. Um, he's going to bring in a new crowd. But I also think at the same time, he's he's still somewhat, I mean, throwing chairs and all that stuff. He does a lot. It's a bit much. It's a bit much. Yeah. So we can jump now. We'll do the WTA. So I'll start off, but I'll tell you guys, remind you guys. So you're telling me your top three, who's going to be your bust? And your bust is typically someone in the top 10 that's going to lose early. And who's your dark horse? For my top three, um, I will say despite not winning a grand, not winning a tournament all year, I am going to slide Simona Halep into my top three because she loves clay. She loves the French Open. People think the pressure is going to get to her, but I think, I genuinely think Simona Halep really is playing with house money because she's won the French Open. I think she's somebody who never saw herself as a, a contender for greatest of all time. So winning winning a slam kind of set her, for, set her. She's good. Um, another favorite of mine, one of my, and I say this numerous times, she is my favorite outside of Wakanda, and I do not want her to disappoint me, Petra Kvitova. Love her, love her game. Um, so she's one of my favorite, and I will always put Serena in my top three. I know she doesn't have a lot of matches under her belt, but if Serena gets a good couple of wins and she's actually healthy, I don't care what anybody says, the draw needs to watch out. So those are my top three. Who's your dad? Wait, what'd you say? Who's your dad? Oh, who's my bust? Um, I was going to let y'all do y'all top three. So, uh, fine. I'll do all of mine. Um, My bust from the top ten. I am actually interested to see. Well, I have two busts because I got to shade her. Um, I'm interested to see if Kiki Burns lives up to this hype. She's gotten to the top four. She had a stellar clay court season. Won Madrid, beating Halep in the final. But for some reason, I feel like she's not going to live up to what she's done. I don't know. I don't have anything against her. 
but I think she might be a bust. And then another bust of mine is going to be Sloane. Cause I, yeah, just to throw her in there. Such a hater. <laughs> and then my dark horse is Venus. Ooh, don't, do <laughs> don't do that. We won't stand for it. I will not. I will always be here for the sisters. Like Venus, if Venus could come out here and play some tennis and get through her first round match against Spitalina, we don't know what she can do. Venus can play on clay. Venus has won 10 clay court tournaments in her career. She's my dark horse. I'm very interested. If she can get through this first round, then I think we'll see something from her. But that is a very tough first round. I have to play Svitolina. So those are my picks for the WTA. Well, I actually think Kiki Kiki versus is my number one. What? I have just been really impressed with her and she's really just like stood out to me. I think she has an amazing shot. Um... I mean, just the way this year has been so far, it's so hard to pick a top three because of how how many tournaments has it been with different champions, like... Six, 16 or yeah. 17. Like all of them, basically. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. But um, I I pick Kiki Burton, uh, Simona Hallis, and... Oh, we about to disconnect you. Wait, I'm we can, we can, sorry. We Who cannot, are we talking to right we now? We can't even talk to you anymore. Like, I'm about to just end this conversation. Yeah, I think we called the wrong person. What are you talking about? <laughs> you had the audacity, the galls, and the ball sack to pick Andrescu over Serena? Listen, when I saw the draw, I was like, ugh. I mean, Serena really just hasn't given me anything to give to grow confidence Wait, pause, pause. Because Michael finna read you on what she's giving you. Yeah, because gonna... her career, she's giving you more than you can handle. Right. But let me check you on talking about she hasn't given you anything this year. Andrescu ain't played since Miami, boo boo. Like, what has she given you? She did go on like a, a really long win streak this year. I think the longest of anyone. But that's that's saying what? Nobody has done anything this year. I know. I'm just saying I was impressed with her play. When I watched her play in uh, Miami, I was impressed with her then. And if her arm wasn't hurt, she probably would have won the whole tournament. Look, I actually like Andrescu, but this is what people... people You are a bandwagoner. This girl <laughs> won Indian Wells. She won Indian Wells, and I will give her that. And she played great tennis. And we saw her in Miami, and I think that girl has what it takes to make some noise. But she has played no matches on clay. We don't even know if her game is going to translate to clay. And you put her in your top three. You could have picked Kvitova. You could have picked... Sloan, you could have picked hell Bouchard. You picked Andrescu, who hasn't played since mid March, so essentially the same as Serena. You picked her over Serena. She okay, it's personal to say Serena as far as playing time. However, as far as results go, she's way above Serena right now. She has a title. Well, you know what? Here we go again. Have so, you forgotten? I mean... I'm so lost right now. So lost. I'm really confused. So very lost. Listen, I'm, I'm in a very um, competitive mindset, and I'm getting ready for this French Open Challenge, so I try to be very realistic and try not to let my heart and my emotions make the decisions, but when I looked at some people's um, drafts for their team, I was like, mm, that's all heart, that's all emotion, and that is not what wins these competitions. So... I look at results. That's why Kiki Burton was my number one. Because I feel like she just had a stellar court, uh, clay court season. And I feel like she is poised to do really well here. Serena, if you ever hear this, I just want you to know who is not on your side. <laughs> I mean, okay. clearly. Because that's what's being said. <laughs> I am saying. so lost. Serena, I feel like, you know, part of me just feel like she's going to play two matches and then she's going to be like, you know what? I my knee hurts. I'm out. I'm a bit afraid of that too, but I'm just, I feel like it's a grand slam, so she won't do that. Because I don't know why she even played um, 
was it Rome? Rome. Anyways, and then just pulled out. I'm like, she should have just not played. It just didn't make any sense. I, to mean, me. I feel like some, I feel like the fact that she had to play Venus in the second round has something to do with right. Her yes. Control. Yes. Like I feel like Serena played Rome because she wanted to get a couple of matches in, and she knows that Rome is a tournament that closely matches the friendship in the closest. I feel like since she felt like she wasn't at 100 and Venus was next, one of two things. Hey, I don't want to lose to Venus again. Or, hey, let's just let Venus go <laughs> because I don't even know if I can finish this tournament. Um, I don't think Serena ever intended on playing throughout through all of Rome. I think she just didn't want to skip the whole clay court season. I think Serena is dealing with her knee, but I think Serena is also trying to be smart. If you notice when they went to, I guess it's the French version of Disney World or Disneyland, one of those things. Um, at one point, she was in a wheelchair, and people were wondering if she was injured. I, I took I it as I took it as maybe Serena's trying to conserve some of her energy instead of walking around all over this Disney World place. like You know, kind of like Mariah Carey-esque, where sometimes Mariah Carey don't want to walk. She has people roll her around. Um, right. I think Serena was trying to save her energy. I think Serena's really coming to the French Open trying to make sure her body's together. So I don't like, I know you've, a lot of people have been making jokes about, well, which round is she going to pull out in? Um, I think Serena's here to play. Like, Serena's here. She's going to pull through. She's going to play her matches. And I think when she gets through those first couple of matches, I think she'll open up her wings even more. She looks better than ever. I'll give her that. Yeah, She looks great in all the, all the, um, stuff they've been posting on Instagram and Twitter. Like, yeah. She looks good. Yeah, she does. That's why I'm so confused. That's why I'm confused every time. I'm like, well, you look fine, so why do you keep pulling out of these tournaments? Serena don't right. want to play these tournaments. Serena said in Rome, before she got to Rome, she said she's never felt so healthy. And then she won her match and she said, I feel great. And then and like, Venus won and then she pulled out the next day. Right. It doesn't <laughs> make any sense. Serena, Serena strategically playing this year so people can think, oh, at least she came and she showed up and she tried. Serena don't want to do nothing but win Grand Slams. I think Serena... If Serena could legitimately just play these four tournaments and people not question her, she would have to play all these fines. Serena would legitimately only play the Grand Slams. That's that's where she is. When Serena gets to number 24, I think she will start maybe caring about tournaments again. But right now, she wants nothing to mess up any chance of hers of winning a Grand Slam because I think at this point she's pissed at herself that she has now made a full year because she started back at the French Open being her first Grand Slam and she hasn't won one yet. Yeah. Which, she's only played three, but even for her standards, she still thinks that's poor. she was in the finals of two of them. Yeah, right? well, no, four. She played the French and she pulled out, finals of Wimbledon, finals of the US Open, and that, oh, I'll show you up in quarter final. Yeah. So she feels like she is behind where she needs to be. She's right. So I think, she, and she, you, she is right. She is fine. She should have won at least two by now. Um, I think she's healthy and I think she's fine. Like, I think Serena's going to show up and show out. Yeah, I just hope she doesn't let the pressure of the whole thing get to her. But I do agree with you that people are picking people based on heart because I will say this now and I may not get a lot of points. Venus going to be in my picks. And I will always pick Venus because Venus on any given day can beat any player on the WTA tour if she's healthy and she shows up. So I will always ride or die for Venus. So she will be in one of my picks. So that's going to be one of my emotional picks. We should have an, emo- an emotional pick. Yes. <laughs> so it can be Venus or Serena for Eric since he wants to be all real. <laughs> so yeah, who's... I mean, she'll definitely be on my list, but she'll be number one. I'm sorry. So who's your bust and your dark horse? Um, My bust will be, uh, what's that girl's name, Pliskova. Oh, okay, Pliskova. Oh, I think she's actually going to do well. The two seed, yeah, I think she won't make it to the second week. Um, and my dark horse, uh, since Coco Goff didn't make it through qualifying. Oh, that sucks. You were gonna pick Coco Goff? That's an emotional just, choice. Yeah, I guess that's true. I just really believe in her, and I want her to be amazing. I do too, but she's she. We just we gotta remember she's still only fifteen, like. I, would, I don't. I, I mean, it's your pick, so I can. I'll shut up. I just don't think she's ready to be anybody dark horse. But she is gonna be a beast. Well, Serena's my dark horse. I love that. I swear, you just want us to hang up on you. <laughs> Serena, you, Serena, wait, wait, pause, wait, pause. 
Because he gave you a hard time about Warren could be in your darkest because he got a That's Grand Slam. Good night. And you picked a 23-time <laughs> Grand Slam champion as your dark horse. <laughs> the ridiculousness. Yeah. Anybody that been watching her lately good at this damn body. A 23-time Grand Slam champion is your dark horse. And you got Kiki Burns, who in one-ish, as your <laughs> number one. The fairy tales that you are living. Kiki Burns is gonna make it real far, and maybe no, maybe my death might be um, Osaka because really her draw looks disgusting, mm-hmm. and I don't know if she's gonna make it through it. No, that's a good point. The fact well, none of us have talked about her. Well, she's gonna be in my top three. Well, okay. Well, oh, go ahead, Michael. Your top three. I, my top. I'm gonna go fast because we kind of already talked about all the people. So my top three would be Osaka. This isn't in any order as far as like who I think is the top. Osaka, Serena, and um, Kvitova. Okay. Yeah, because I like Kvitova. I mean, I like my my favorite person outside of Wakanda is Azarenka, but I just don't see it for her. Mm-hmm. So, just winning this is, um, but Kvitova obviously has the game. Mm-hmm. She reminds me a lot of Sharapova. Sharapova won two Grand Slams here. <laughs> I don't know how she figured out how to do that. And so, if she if Sharapova can do it, I feel like Kvitova can do it too. And I feel like people are kind of nervous. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she's playing. Yeah. She's number three. She's number three, and she has a chance. She, no, she's six, but six. she has a chance to get. If she wins, she can get to number one. So she right. is playing. Wait a minute. I'm talking about Sharapova. Oh, no. Oh, no. She pulled out. She pulled out because of her shoulder, her ongoing shoulder injury, which to me just means she oh. can't do her thing. Yeah. <laughs> we won't go into that shadiness, but I'm yeah, she's saying. not playing. Um, that shoulder thing was giving her much problem out. before she had this banning situation. Right. Did y'all hear about Katie um, Bolter? No, what did she do? She told them that she couldn't play, and then they put her name in the draw, like to take, you know, to put in the to put in the draw. And even though she had already told them that she couldn't play, so they ended up putting her name in the draw. And once her name was officially in the draw, she withdrew. So she's still getting that twenty thousand whatever check. Knowing she wasn't gonna play whatsoever. Who was oh, this? nice, <laughs> Katie Bolt. I didn't know that. Oh. Cause she's, I don't know her that well, but she's from Britain, Britain, right? Yeah. That's a nice free payday. Yeah. Also yeah. a lost spot for somebody. Well, no, they wish they'll put somebody in that draw. Oh, they'll take. They'll yeah. put no, a lucky they loser. They can't. They can't put anybody in. It. Why? Uh, from what I from what I read, it, it was already like the official draw, like not one where somebody pulled out in time where they could plug in a lucky loser, like she she took that spot. So she just basically with like defaulted from her first round and that person she was supposed to play moves on? Correct. Yeah, let's see, but that's not fair. I mean, but I thought once the tournament hadn't started, you could still put a lucky loser in. I feel like once the draw is made, though, well, no, I guess... But the draw has sense. to be made to put in a lucky loser. That's true. I don't know how that works. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how it works either. Article, so we'll just go with what he said. Because I don't really understand it. I am going to say that that is still an easy $20,000 payday. Well, yeah, definitely. But I still think that's where they can put a lucky loser. But no, I didn't hear about that. But yeah, Sharapova pulled out. She said she's going to try to come back for Wimbledon. So we'll have to see. Yeah, I mean, I feel like Sharapova's going to retire soon. That's my thing. But she said when she pulled out that she would be back next year. So maybe she doesn't plan on retiring. But... Sharapova says everything. Yeah. Um, I think this is going to be an interesting year. I love how there's no succinct, no strong person on the women's side. We could all be right. We could all be wrong. Yeah. Um, which makes the draw interesting. I will say one thing about the women's draw. The days of having a very strong top three or top three or top five on the women's side are gone. Like the days of where it was like Davenport, Venus, Serena, Capriati, Hingis at the top and they were winning everything is gone. But I would say I've never seen a stronger top 15 from the women. Like, if you remember, if you go back to where the year ending championship was literally the top 16 women in the world, like, those first few matches were a bust. Like, the number one player was killing the number 16 player, and it was, like, no competition. Like, that's not happening anymore. So I think that is making the women's game more exciting. Um, less stable, but more, more exciting. Yeah, I mean, it is fun to watch, I guess, because you don't know what's going to happen. It's not as predictable as it once was, but 
I kind of like the stability. <laughs> I don't really like. I mean, I like the craziness of what's happening in the women's game at the moment. Yeah. But yeah, it is crazy because like before, when you had that one person who was dominating, whenever they lost, then it's like okay, the field is open now for anybody. But now it's nobody like that. Like there's nobody that loses, and they like oh okay, now the field opened up. Exactly. It's just as soon as the tournament starts, the field is open. Yes. Yeah. It's so crazy that like the number one player in the world, Osaka, who won the Australian Open this year and won the US Open last year, is still is like nobody's favorite. People are expecting her to lose. She's only won one title this year. Halep has no titles. Like there's just like no like it's crazy how there's just no dominant players. But I will do this because a lot of times people have to make that a shady thing for the women. The same thing for the men. If I'm not mistaken, Federer is the only guy that's won two titles this year. Um, so we're just seeing we're just seeing a lot more depth across the board. The only difference is on the men's side, the big three typically still find a way to pull out those slams. On the women's side, the last nine slams have been won by eight different players. Osaka's the only repeat winner. Um, so the women are spreading the love all over where the men... The, the Grand Slams are still being dominated by those three same names. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll see. I mean, it starts, what, Sunday? Yeah, Venus plays Sunday. Sunday. Yeah, then a huge first-round match. There's a lot of good first-round matches on the women's side. Yeah, there yeah, Venus, um, Svitolina. There's Az- Azarenka and Astapenko, which that is a huge popcorn yeah. match. Um there's some and other... then the winner of that plays Osaka probably. Yes, so you know that they set all of them up for failure. Yeah. Um, Let's see. Kvitova has to play Kristea. Chris, How you say her last name? Kristea. Kristea, yeah. Um, that's pretty good. Yeah, there's some really tough first round matches. Those are the ones that stand out I mean, the most. Go ahead. The girl that Serena is playing, Diachenko, she's pretty good too. Because okay. I know that Serena's played her before. Yeah, Serena's and... played her. In the 2015 U.S. Open and beat her six love, two love. She pulled out. She was, yeah, I remember she was injured that, turn, that that match. And I went and watched her play again a different match. And for a skinny little thing, she hit the ball super hard. So it'll be interesting to see how she plays against Serena. Yeah, the whole draw could be uh, screwed up within the matter of two days. Absolutely. So, yeah. I guess we'll find out what happens soon. So that is going to wrap up my segment for Tennis Talk. Thank you guys for letting me know your top picks, your bust, and your dark horse. As we all know, I am going to be right with all of my selections. So in two weeks' time, just make sure you guys send me a thank you note um, in the form of a sax gift. Um, I appreciate it. Of a what? Sax. Sax and that, you know, sax that category. Family? You can come on like Miss Electro Abundance. Okay. All right, well, we'll be right back. <laughs> All right, and we're back. Hope you guys enjoyed that commercial from Saks Fifth Avenue. Yeah. Brought to you by, by uh, Electra Abundance. Yeah, the house of abundance. <laughs> yeah, you should really watch Pose if you're not watching it because it's very good. That's just my personal opinion. Um, and AJ's too because we both like it a lot. All right, so now we're going to do open court. We're going to stick with our French open theme uh, and kind of have a discussion about something that I always think about and get frustrated with when we get to the clay court season, especially at the French open. And that is the fact that they do not use Hawkeye um, at this tournament when it's used basically everywhere else, every other major tournament, and that they have it because we see it on TV, but they won't use it for like an official call on court um obviously the reason being because they it's clay and the ball leaves a mark and they think that that is sufficient in the way that you they they can accurately like make calls based off of that but i think i've seen several times where um the confusion comes especially like late in the match like which mark is the right mark and it's like we would see something from hawkeye on tv that's different from what the call is so i kind of just wanted to see what you guys thought about if you thought the French Open and other clay court tournaments could should implement Hawkeye like all the other tournaments basically do. Eric, I'll let you go. 
Uh, I think a hundred thousand million percent. They need to go ahead and implement it and stop acting like this is still 1975 or whatever the case may be. Because you know, I played on clay, and when you play a set like this, so many marks on the court, it's insane. And um, for you to tell me it's exactly that one, which I'm telling you, it's this one, and you gotta you gotta come down from your chair. And all the time that you're moving, you can really like lose sight of which mark you think it is. And it's just so many different discrepancies that can happen. And I've seen like players argue about it. That's not the right one, or it is touching the line, or it ain't touching the line, and all this stuff. Whereas with Hawkeye, it's very simple: in, out, done. Everybody moves on. Yeah, and then too, I always think that it's like because you know a lot of times the player will circle the mark, and they're like, "Oh, it's this one," but it's like. I feel like that's unfair. Because I'm, I'm kind of of course leaning. I'm gonna circle one that's right. out. <laughs> exactly, and so it's just like it just seems like when you have a system that's already in place. Because again, like you can't, they can't even make the argument that like they don't want to pay for it because it's there because we see it on TV because they show it to us. They just don't use it for the actual match. It's like why wouldn't you just use that and eliminate all this arguing? Yeah. yeah, I definitely agree with both of you guys. I think they should have it. It's a waste of time. The fact that we already we they show it to us, why not just show it to the players? It would lead to less arguing. Um, humans are humans. That's what we are. We make errors. So I got to run from my chair to find a spot, and then I have to decipher if I think it's in, if I think it's touching the line. But then there's also seven other spots in that same area. It doesn't make any sense. This is a problem. This is why people dislike the French Open the most. This is why people feel like the French Open is so behind the times. Um, and this is why people, no shade to the French Open, but typically people want to win the French Open the least. Um, all of these, this is just an example. Like, y'all got to get it together. This makes no sense why we're still doing this in 2019 and fighting over not using technology that you already have there. So I completely agree with you guys. Yeah. I was and they need to get lights there, too. Exactly. In, like In a roof. I mean, I don't like. They, they're so they're so old. Like yeah. like tennis, the French Open. Surprisingly enough, you would think it would be Wimbledon. Just does not want to like get with the times, right? Because I was reading an article and like basically that's what the term tournament director. It was like from a couple years ago, but like the tournament director basically said like they like not having Hawkeye because at this point they feel like it sets them apart from the other Grand Slams. Like it's a difference that they have that the other ones don't so it like makes them special and i was oh like, so right. being played on clay don't make y'all special exactly <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> like, <laughs> but what <laughs> yeah so it's like there's no real reason that they're not doing it like there's no like oh this it doesn't work as well on clay or whatever it's just because they don't want to <laughs> y'all yes just say what it is yeah and so it's just like right of course, the French Open has to be backwards, like where all the crazy stuff happens. It's like, how many times have we seen matches that have been like, I mean, it can make such a big difference. And I mean, say what you want about challenge system. Like, sometimes I go back and forth. I mean, no, I don't actually, because it all came up because of Serena in the first place. So mm. it's like, I think it's been so helpful to the game and kind of eliminating like people getting upset about something. Like, it's just a clear cut. Yes or no. If you want to challenge, you challenge. And if it's in, it's in. No arguing. It just makes it simpler right. and better for us and faster overall. And so, yeah, I really wish they would put it in place. Because I get so annoyed when we're watching. I'm like, why? Like you said, why are they coming out of their chair? Why are we like trying to figure out which mark it is? Like you've seen them on the court be like, oh, which one was it? Was it this one or was it that one? It's like, well, that's why is this necessary? Also, there's like a thousand marks on the court. So how do we know which one yeah. it is? <laughs> Makes no sense. Yeah. So I just thought that would be something like interesting to talk about because it's like, I don't get why they don't have it. I also wish they would find a way to change the color of the clay courts. Ugh, I so struggle but to see the ball. What, would you want it to be blue? I'm not saying it had to be blue, but first of all, I didn't have a problem with the blue. I know the blue clay was slippery and the, the, whatever concoction they made didn't work the first time. But let's all be honest. Unless it's just me, we struggle bus to see the ball during a tournament. It takes a while to get adjusted. Usually, within by the second week, I can start to see the ball a little bit better. Wow, well, I'd wait a whole week. Yeah, like I yeah. wish uh, I'm so tired of the clay. I just, or change a ball or something. I just cannot see the ball. But that's just some. That's just a personal problem I have with the French Open. 
I really did like when Madrid did the blue clay. Me too. And yeah, that should have stuck, but oh well. I mean, wait, they gave why it, did they change it? Because the the how they made the product was slippery, and then I, they rushed it somewhere, so the court had dips in it, so it was not the most smooth course. So the players complained tremendously, but I'm like, you you gave it one shot. Like I felt like they should have like some like okay, we're gonna do a three year commitment to figure this out, get the consistency together. I'm sure people complain about the clay course when they first did it, but like. I literally still look at highlights of Madrid, of Madrid that year when it was the blue clay, and it's like you can see the ball. It's beautiful. I love it. I wish it would have given it more of a chance. But because also Nadal was completely against it even before he got on the court. Nadal was like, clay is red. It shouldn't be blue, blah, 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 blah. But I'm like, get out your feelings, Nadal. The women have played on green clay for years. Like, stop being such a pansy. Yeah. Um, well, he French Open is definitely never going to have blue clay. No. <laughs> They're not going to let that happen. They are weirdly more traditional than Wimbledon. Which is surprising. They yeah. won't even let them have lights. But I just... This this is why I, I don't mind the clay court season, but I'm glad when it's done. Because I, so, like, I have such a hard time seeing the ball. But that's just a personal issue I have with the clay court mm-hmm. season. Well, it is a short season, so we don't have to stop too long. Yeah. Almost over. Should be sure like Wimbledon, yeah, the grass court season. Grass court. So Venus would have had so many more titles. Everything should just be on the hard court. Everything should just be an equal amount of time, an equal amount of Madison. tournaments. Why is there no Master Series or no WTA Premier Mandatory event on grass? Venus would have had so many more grass court tournaments. That's some boo boo. Well, that's mostly because the the break. Well, I guess this year they extended the time in between the two, the French and Wimbledon. An extra week or something? Yeah, they started last year. They added extra week, so there's an extra tournament. But I mean, people are always oh, hard to maintain the grass. You do it at Wimbledon. You do it at these other tournaments. Pick a tournament. Just keep like that's just an, a weak excuse to me. Like Venus could have had more titles. Serena could have had more titles. Federer could like I think it's personally unfair. Then the Dow has a chance every year to win three Masters on clay, and Federer has none on grass. Like, that's Federer's best surface, and he can never win a Masters on grass. Or Anna had three or four chances, because there's four on the women's side on clay, because that's her best surface. But Venus or Serena, they don't have that same chance on grass. It's not fair. The seasons should be the same length, or they should be the same level of tournaments per grass court, um, per, per surface. But that's just another personal issue I have, because it's not fair, and the sisters could have won more on grass. I think we're checking there. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, it's feelings about that. Oh, my gosh. All right. Well, then, I mean, I think that's it, no? Uh, are you in a down? Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, because I said no? Yeah. Okay, Nadal. Eric is our guest. Would you, you have something you want to say? You can have the final word uh, about the French Open if you'd like. Um. No, not really. Just go Wakanda. Go America. Go... All my picks, especially the ones that I picked for my challenge, because I want to win. And yeah, that's about it. Okay. Well, thank you for joining us on the show, Eric. We appreciate your time. We appreciate your candor. We appreciate your talk. And yes. We'll probably have you on future on, episodes. Candace. You know, you know, you gotta throw those words yeah, in we there. We appreciate you listening to us. Yes, we appreciate you listening. Um, and you well, say that again. I am just- well, now we can hear you, and we'll do this again in the future. Yeah, sure. um, probably some building up to Wimbledon or something else. Yeah, maybe we'll do it for each Grand Slam. We'll have you back so you cannot pick Serena. <laughs> He's not going to let that one go. Hey, I, might, I might pick up how this one goes. Yeah, okay. <laughs> All right. It, it, it should not withdraw this tournament. Oh, oh God. Okay. That's fair. I won't even argue with that. <laughs> All right. We'll have a, a good night and we'll talk to you later. Okay, bye, guys. All right, bye. Oh, hey, guys. <laughs> oh, my God. We're so delirious. So delirious. We are back. Um, So, yeah, thank you guys for listening to another episode of Serving It Up Podcast. Yeah, again, thank you, Eric, for being on the show. 
uh yeah we've been wanting to have you on for a while so i'm glad that we were able to arrange that and um i'm excited about the french open yes starts on sunday um we'll see how it all goes i'm excited as well yeah follow Um, us on instagram yes serving it up podcast we will um be updating it throughout with results with schedules with pictures with whatever we feel like putting on there that's tennis related or not tennis related but mostly just tennis related i guess yes tennis related facts yeah um Right, and then if you guys have comments, you know, you can comment on whatever we post, or you can comment on our Facebook page, or you can send us an email, servingituppodcast at gmail.com. You can also listen to us uh, wherever you want. Follow us on SoundCloud. Follow us on the Apple Podcast Network, um, so you can get any updates that we have, because we typically do this every two weeks, but I think we might try to do... Uh, maybe like a check-in, a really brief um, thing, like a weekend to the French before we start the second week. So we we'll can kind of do an update. Yeah, keep you guys updated. Yeah. Um, but yeah, all right, guys, that's it for this week. Enjoy the French Open. Hopefully your favorites do well if they're the same as our favorites. And if not, hopefully our favorites win. Uh, <laughs> and we will talk to you guys next time. All right, have a good one. All right, bye.